Hi and welcome to this podcast from 1914 to 1918war.com. In this episode we're continuing our reading of Bruce Benn's father's Bullets and Billets. We're up to chapter 16. Chapter 16. New Trenches. The Night Inspection. Letter from the Bystander. Next day we discovered the mystery of our sudden removal. The Battle of Neuve-Chapelle was claiming considerable attention, and that was where we were going. We were full of interest and curiosity, and were all for getting there as soon as possible, but it was not to be. Mysterious moves were being made behind the scenes, which I, and others like me, will never know anything about. But anyway, we now suddenly got another bewildering order. After a day spent in Armentieres, we were told to stand by for going back towards Neuve-Eglise again just the direction from which we'd come. We all knew too much about the war to be surprised at anything, so we mutely prepared for another exit. It was a daylight march this time, and a nice, still, warm day. Quite a cheery, interesting march we had, too, along the road from Armentieres to Neuvigliese. We were told we should march past General Sir Horace Smith Dorian, whom we should find waiting for us near Pont de Nieppe, a place we had to pass en route. Everyone braced up at this and keenly looked forward to reaching Nieppe. I don't know why, but I had an idea he would be in his car on the right of the road. To make no mistake, I muttered, eyes right to myself for about quarter of a mile, so as to make a good thing of the salute. We came upon Pont de Nieppe suddenly, round the corner, and there was the general, on the left. All my rehearsing useless. Annoying, but I suppose one can't expect generals to tell you where they're going to stand. We reached Nervigliese in time and went into our old billets. We all thought our fate was back into those old Plug Street trenches again. But, Mirabal dictu, it was not to be so. The second day in billets I received a message from the colonel to proceed to his headquarter farm. I went and heard the news. We were to take over a new line of trenches away to the left of Plug Street, and that night I was to accompany him along with all the company commanders on a round of inspection. A little before dusk we started off and proceeded along various roads towards the new line. All the country was now brand new to me and full of interest. After we had gone about a mile and a half, the character of the land changed. We had left all the Plug Street wood effect behind, and now emerged onto far more open and flatter ground. By dusk we were going down a long straight road with poplar trees on either side. At the end of this stood a farm on the right. We walked into the courtyard and across it into the farm. Let's just take a short break there to remind you that you can advertise on this podcast. You need to go to podbean.com slash greatwarhistory. And if you do have access to an advertising budget and want to throw it our direction, that would be very gratefully received. Anyway, back to the show. This was the place the battalion we were going to relieve had made its headquarters. Not a bad farm, the roof was still on, I noticed, and concluded from that that life was evidently passable. We had to wait here some time as we were told the enemy could see for a great distance around there 
and they would pepper the farm as sure as fate if they saw anyone about. Our easy-going entry into the courtyard had not been received with great favour, as it appeared we were doing just the very thing to get the roof removed. However, the dusk saved us, I fancy. As soon as it was really dark, we all sallied forth, accompanied by guides this time, who were to show us the trenches. I crept along behind our colonel, with my eyes peeled for possible gun positions, and drinking in as many details of the entire situation as I could. We walked about ten miles that night, I should think, along unfamiliar swamps and over unsuspected antique abandoned trenches, past dead cows and pigs. We groped about the wretched shell-pitted fields, examining the trenches we were about to take over. You would be surprised to find how difficult a simple line of trenches can seem at night, if you've never seen them before. You don't seem to be able to get the angles somehow, nor to grasp how the whole situation faces, or how you get from one part to another, and all that sort of thing. I know that by the time I had been along the whole lot, round several hundred traverses, and up dozens of communication trenches and saps, all my mariner-like ability for finding my way back to Nerviglis had deserted me. Those guides were absolutely necessary in order to get us back to the headquarter farm. One wants a compass, the pole star, and plenty of hope ever to get across those enormous prairies, known as fields out there, and reach the place on the other side one wants to get to. It is a long study before you really learn the simplest and best way to your own bit of trench, but when it comes to learning everybody else's way as well, as a machine gunner has to do, it needs a long and painful course of introduction, higher branches of this art consisting of not only knowing the way up, but the safest way up. The night we carried out this tour of inspection, we were all left in a fog as to how we had gone to and returned from the trenches. After we'd got in, we knew by long examination of the maps how everything lay, but it was some time before we had got the real practical hang of it. Our return journey from the inspection was a pretty silent affair. We all knew that these were a nasty set of trenches not half so pleasant as the Plug Street ones. The conversations we had with the present owners made it quite clear that warm times were the vogue round here. Altogether, we could see we were in for a bit of a time. We cleared off back to Nerviglis that night, and next day took those trenches over. This was the beginning of my life at Wolvergame. When we got in late that night, we found that the post had arrived some time before. Thinking there might be something for me, I went into the back room where they sorted the letters, to get any there might be before going off to my own billets. There's only one for you, sir, tonight, said the corporal who looked after the letters. He handed me an envelope. I opened it. Inside, a short note and a cheque. We shall be very glad to accept your sketch. Where did that one go? From The Bystander, the foundation stone of fragments in France. And on that tiny triumph that got Bruce Bairns' father's cartooning career off to a start, we'll leave it. Uh, next chapter will be chapter 17. Thanks for listening. Like, share, you know the drill. Thanks a lot. Bye. <laughs>